I even slept with my prized guitar in my hands, how much I loved it. But while I was in the shower, Dan Ricard snuck into my room and took my guitar, so I pursued across town, thinking he'd be on his porch playing it, but he was not. Roommate said, Gone to Chicago. I wrote down the address and got on a bus, but when I knocked on that Chicago door, a tall woman in a purple hat handed me a note. The note said, Tell old Wimpy, happy on the farm, pursuant parties, I'm bye-bye. Shadow style, slipped into blooming dusk, everywhere and nowhere, me and this sweet six-string. To where? I asked the tall woman. She studied the note. Hmm. Is bye-bye a town in Tennessee? I burst into the house, searched all the rooms till I knew it was true. He wasn't there. In the bathroom, tucked between two magazines, I found a letter from the government addressed to Dan that read, Welcome to the Army. He's taken my guitar to the jungle. I journeyed backward to Louisville, where my girl Evie, the sweetest singer you ever heard, said, Forget the guitar. Get another guitar. I shook my head. I need that one. My grandfather carved that guitar himself from a tree that his grandfather had planted. The tree got struck by lightning every time it rained, but did not fall, Evie. Stood there proud and tall till he chopped it down. How are we going to make music? I opened my mouth to speak, but just shook my head. She said to me as the screen door slapped shut, Nothing belongs to nobody, and I'm slipping through your hands. That night, I shaved my head, and in the morning, when the sun was popping over the corn, I went and joined the army. Not to kill or to prove a point for God and country. Just to find my guitar. Day one at training, I said to all the troops, Anybody seen a big-eyed Kentucky boy pass through here with a maple body acoustic? Day two at training, I said to them, He's an ugly guy. Big goofy strawberry for a nose. Hateful eyes. Day nine, I said, He never liked my music. He was always trying to get me to stop to do other stupid stuff. Day 30 at training, I said. He couldn't pick guitar for anything. You'd know who I'm looking for. Bad picker. Tortured listening to him. Day 60, on the boat over, in a crashing tempest of a storm, I said. He's got a dent on his forehead from where we jumped into a tractor, smashing into it, trying to jump it. This was when he was riding on my handlebars, when we was kids, when we was daredevils. No luck. No one knew his whereabouts. So I sunk deeper into death, and in just a week of horror, bushkill life, I was all like, look at me, big, badass soldier. I screamed in the tiger, wet, drip-drop, rain-all-the-time jungle. And while on patrol, machine guns slung low, I thought about the C-cord. How easy it was to place the fingers. How anyone could do it. Cavemen could. I thought about D-minor, the pinky, ring, middle, and pointer, the sweet dissonance of it. As I was tossing grenades over roofs, D minor, no big deal. I burned a thatched hut village and visualized an F-sharp bar chord. In all foxholes and caves, I yelled for Dan Ricard. At leave, in all the depots, I asked for Dan Ricard at whorehouses and in bars with rotted floors. Stars and striped superiors and staff sergeants worldwide had not heard of him. I drew Dan Ricard's face at Da Nang Beach, called My K, with a bloody palm, waves pummeling the surface of my eroded earth. 
I dreamed of the B major hovering in a ping-pong waterfall. And one night, being awoken by someone strumming exotically, I climbed up from my bed in the palm fronds and crawled through a big thick mud to peer out at our own enemy sitting in the middle of a downpour playing a song. I raised my rifle, but could not fire. The song was too sweet, though I do not know its name. I crawled back and went to bed. The next morning, there were explosions all around, and planes that dropped firebombs on us wrongly, our own damn planes. I leapt into a river, and the rapids took me farther away still from my life on the farm. I, too, became a shadow on the edges of the villages. I hid. I did not travel in daylight. I stowed away on a ship, leaving the war, feeling no remorse. I was in a Dutch motel, having lost all trace of Dan Ricard. He used to rattle on about Amsterdam and red lights, and I couldn't find him here. And I had knocked on every red window. I looked out of my motel window, down onto the lamplit streets, and felt defeated. I had nowhere to go next. A note slipped under the door. The note said, I've taken your guitar to the top of Mount Everest. It's always been a dream of mine. I ran out in the hallway. I ran down into the streets. There was no people, just emptiness. The Sherpa Mountaineers tried to talk me out of the climb. They said I did not have the proper training. They said the air would be thin and that I needed $20,000 to help me get up. The lead Sherpa said, get another guitar. I said, my grandfather carved that guitar himself from a tree that his grandfather had planted. The tree got struck by lightning every time it rained but did not fall, Tenzing. That tree stood there proud and tall till he chopped it down. Tenzing shrugged. I handed over my life savings, which included the deed to my share of the farm, and one Wednesday morning we began to climb. Thursday, I felt ice vein and ice heart and chattered teeth. Friday, my left hand, my cord hand, crystallized. Saturday, it froze some more. Sunday, the hand was black. On Monday morning, I woke up with my hand gone and a fever spread over me. Ten Zhang passed me my hand. He'd cut it off to save my life. Still, we kept climbing. Some of them turned back. I kept going. Most of them turned back. I climbed higher. One-handed, but still going. And when I got to the top of the mountain, wouldn't you know, Dan Ricord had left me a drawing in the snow, two circles. One with a smile, one with a frown. I guess I was supposed to choose. I journeyed down the mountain, and then the harder journey, home. The farm was quiet. To my surprise, no one came and took it away from me, even though it didn't belong to me any longer. I cut crop circles in the corn for 13 years. Evie came to visit me once and said, Do you play anymore? I held up my stump. Nope. A black car came the next spring. The driver had a beard and a black hat, and he didn't look like he was from anywhere around here. Who is anymore? He stepped out of the car and said my name, and I said, Yes, sir, that's me. He said, I'm sorry, boy. Dan Ricard has left the earth. So he's taken my guitar to Mars. That's what you're saying. No, he's passed away. Now I feel bad. We were fighting. He was my best friend. We came up together. Why were you fighting? I don't remember. I understand. 
The driver opened up the trunk, and there was my guitar. We were quiet for a while, contemplating life and contemplating death. A songbird sang sorrowfully in a tree on the other side of the property, a tree I'd planted years ago, but lightning wouldn't strike. The driver sighed and said, It's such a pretty guitar. Well, don't you know, I picked the guitar up. I held it high up in the air, admiring all the sides of it, how it shone in the sun. Then I smashed the guitar against my tractor. It burst in a wooden shrapnel and strings flying everywhere like metal whips. The driver jumped, looked at me, got in his car, and made a wave of dust as he sped away. There was a photo inside the guitar that fell into the mud, a faded Polaroid. The photo lay there in the splintered wood and the wet slop. I picked it up with my aching fingers and brushed all the crud off of it. Me and my friend. I was playing the guitar. He was sitting there next to me, how it usually was. The back of the photo had a note that said, All you was going to do was sit there ever and ever and ever. I slipped the photo into my back pocket. Looking at my missing hand, I felt it make a phantom G chord. I felt the hand move down the demolished neck of the vaporized guitar. I felt the hand switch to an A7 chord. And I... I strum. <laughs>